Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon as Jared Brandon. Hey, hey everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show, uh, this little podcast here. We've got a very special show for you. Well, I think they're all pretty special, but this one's this one's even specialer. Um, we have a th- we have a guest, and and guess who might you be? I am Mike Lucio, executive producer. Jared, <laughs> I'm Mike Lucio. <laughs> that's Whoa, that is good. correct. That, yeah. That's got very the accent good. and the dialect. Yes, that's excellent. So, uh, also known as Mikey D, uh, as Tony likes to read off all the time. Mikey D! Yeah, uh, we had uh, been in conversation with him. We said, hey, you know what? Let's bring him on the show here. And uh, there's some backstory to that, but we'll just skip all that. Um, we're just really happy to have him here. And we want to say a, uh, a nice thank you to Mrs. DeLuccio. Jared? There you go. Uh, So he is and has been a great supporter of the show and the community and is very involved in all the gear and all the boutique builders and other listeners and other supporters. So really, really happy that you're here tonight, Mike. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, we're going to find out all about him and all that good stuff real soon here. If anybody happens to be listening for the first time, um, two things I want to warn you. One, um, my, my chest, I mean, my, my chest coffee stuff is, uh, kind of rough. So I'm going to try to omit, omit as much as possible. But the other thing is you might not know exactly what we do here. You might've heard this from somebody like, you should listen. You're like, why? And they said, shut up and just listen. You're like, fine. Tony, what do we do on the show? We like to talk about gear. That's right. And not just any gear. We like to talk about boutique gear. Lots of it. And we like to talk to the people that make boutique gear, and that's things like guitars and amps and uh, pedals and accessories and all the good stuff. Occasionally we have uh, a 101 episode in which we uh, like to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, we have special guests, some movers and shakers in the ever-growing boutique gear world. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Excellent. <clears throat> and, uh, well, let's just get into it, shall we? Anything, anybody? Any, announcements, announcements, announcements. Yes. Um, no. Okay, well, we got yes. a... Who, what? Yes? What, Jared? I said yes. May I please say? Um, so there is a, a teaser out uh, for Maestro Pedals. Um, oh, everybody yes. remembers the old Maestro Pedals from the from the 70s. With the and, little three uh, horns kind of thing? Yeah, the little three horns thing. The, the trumpets, uh, if not, you not double If you haven't seen the video, yeah, the trumpets are... But uh, when you hit the switch, they light up. And Very it's just, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm really excited. I believe they on the 18th is when they are available, and I am like waiting by the computer for that. Awesome, uh, guys! Nice. I, I just saw one today. No kidding. And awesome. It, it doesn't even exist online yet. It's 
one of their distortions. It looks and sounds excellent. I believe it's called the Invader Distortion. So something maybe to take tune for. Neato. Really, really cool. Now, I'll I'll say that because I work for Gibson, I did see the whole thing a while back. But that made me super excited. I couldn't say a word about it for months and months and months. And now that they're finally, finally out, you know, or going to be. Well, actually, they're out now because, you know, you're – you're not going to put this out tomorrow. Um, oh, dang it. I screwed it all up. You're fine. We, we, we track <laughs> what you're saying. We're, we're doing this in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, future. So anyway, yeah, I'm really, really excited about these uh, Maestro pedals coming out. I'm going to try to get all of them. Um, How many are there? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Many, many. <laughs> I've been focused on two? pickups. Or is it 22? <laughs> no, I think it's at least six or seven, I think. Okay. And I could be wrong, and I, I apologize um, that I don't know, but I, because my focus is primarily on pickups, um, it's okay. I'm not exactly sure. But I, I'm going to try to get all of them available. Excellent. Excellent. So, may, maybe your focus could become how your pickups interact with the pedals and that you need a full set of the pedals for your little uh, laboratory. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I could probably swing that. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll, we'll have, we'll have a set of them somewhere like in a jam room or a test room or something. Well, thanks for that you, little announcement. But you, but you did get something this past weekend, didn't you? Yeah, but that, we're not doing did. this week yet, man. We're still in announcements right, for right. Pete's sakes. All right. Oh, okay. we're still in announcements. Ready to move on, man. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Log jam. Need to big, do a big old shout out to... That is correct. Road Mike's way down in Australia, specifically to our pal Nick down there. Yo, Nick. So, uh, yeah, we're thrilled with our equipment and we're so grateful that they have supplied that to us. And, uh, you know, they, they provide so many different types of audio equipment for all kinds of needs. And as many people out there right now, even if you're listening, even if you, it doesn't matter if you're a builder or not, you're probably making some kind of content, um, they, they've got a little something for everybody. So uh, make sure you check them out if you're like, you know, I need a thing to capture my voice in whatever fashion that might be. So muchas gracias to Rode. Also, I just wanted to go through this. We had a heck of a great year ever, last uh, 2021. All things considered, it was still the duty show. Um, but we, we came out and we kept swinging. And I... I, you know, I was going through, I always catalog everything at the end of the year. And I was looking at this list and I was like, wow, that was impressive. I, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky that we get to do this and I, it's a, it's a thrill to do it every time. And my, you know, my heart is still a hundred percent, 115% in it. So when I see a list like this, it makes me happy. And I just wanted to go, I'm going to speed through this really quick. Cause I want it, it, it. If you haven't, heard the whole breadth of what we do um, and all of the interviews, you know, we're at 250 episodes. So uh, it's a lot, but this last year, all right, you guys ready for this? Fire away. <clears throat> all right. 
Ask Rob 101, Brad Talinsky, Chris Gill, Cascade Pedals, Cody Foster, Cody Lane, Collector Emitter, Corey Nigro, Cowbrand, Dan Pechicek. Never can get that right. From Old Blood Noise Endeavors, Dave Hunter, David Kaminga, Demos in the Dark, Depinto Guitars, Divine Noise, Hello Sailor, again, High Spirit Guitars, Hostraster, Jonathan Jerusik at 12th Hour Devices, Kaiser Tronics, Line 6, HX Stomp Guys, McGinney Guitars, Marvin Guitars, Mask Audio, McSwain Guitars, Moon Guitars, Pickups 101 Q&A, R2R Electric, Radio Mule, Reeves Electro, Rickenbacker 101, Seeger Guitars, Silk Tone Amps, Spun Loud Effects, Steve Keys, Steve Stein, Sterner Guitars, Templo Devices, Thimble Wasp, 37 Effects, Tom Barazin, Tommy Manasco, Tony Dudzik, True North Pedals, Vaderin Pedals, Very Good Ampco, Weird Noise, and William John Bennett III. I've been everywhere, man. man that's I've a been lot everywhere. of fantastic <laughs> interviews. Thank you all so much for taking your time uh, out there to uh, contribute to the Guitar Knobs. And um, we're just really looking forward to a great year. We're already lined up until March. Mm. Yeah, it's great. So Don't we have a pickup guy coming on the show soon? Yes, we do. All the way from New Zealand. Yes. Wow. Yes, Mr. Glenn. All right. Enough of this fitter-fatter. We're going to migrate over to what's going on in our music worlds this week. Uh, Tanya Balonsky, why don't you kick us off, and then we'll check in with Mikey D. All righty. Well, this, uh, this is actually over a couple of weeks, but... Um, this is kind of fun. Um, probably back, I don't know, what, three, four, five months ago, um, I think I was talking about the Epiphone Coronet reissue that I purchased. Mm-hmm. And uh, I followed that up with, uh, from the same series, an Epi- Epiphone Wilshire. And then just recently, I picked up a Epiphone Crestwood. And these are all the like the six, early 60s reissues that... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess it came out in 2019, 2020, and I've been able to find some pretty good deals on uh, getting all three, and they're all three red. And um, yeah, I, I just I find them to be incredibly good guitars for the money. Um, these are you know basically double cuts, early '60s style. They have uh, three plus three headstock with um, with the big, uh, the Epiphone bikini badge on the headstock, and um, What's really cool is each one of them is just a little bit different. Like the the coronet has a single dog ear with a wraparound bridge, like a Les Paul Junior. Um, the Wilshire has two P90s and a tunematic uh, uh, bridge and tailpiece, and then the Crestwood has two mini humbuckers and the old school uh, <clears throat> Epiphone uh, trem that has like a wooden block on it. It's 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 kind of a, a really cool looking piece. Now, did you get the Crestwood or the Crestwood Custom? Because one of them, the difference between them, at least I, I just am uh, seeing these. Uh, now, I guess these would have been the original yes. Crestwoods. Because yeah. it has a shorter lower horn. Yeah, the, so that one is the probably mid-60s style, mm-hmm. and they, those also usually have a six-in-line headstock. Three and three. No, a six-in-line. Well, I'm seeing one with a three and three, but with, whatever. With a shorter horn? Oh, an okay. ET, an ET-290, but but I also okay. see some with three and three, so 
you know, no, so, so the whatever ET they were reaching for back in the day. <laughs> the, the, the ET-290 is actually uh, one of the early Japanese Epiphones. Oh, that, okay. That's, that's based on this. So, Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, for the money, these are outstanding guitars. They're set neck. Um, I've replaced the pickups, uh, the P90s, the dog ear, and the and the P90s in the Wilshire. But I actually like the mini humbuckers <clears> that <throat> are in the uh, in the Crestwood. And that's got a funky kind of uh, vibrato on it, right? Yeah, that's that is a vintage style. You know, it has the E on it with a with a wood block, and it's kind of based loosely on a maestro. Uh huh. Um, so it's it's kind of cool. Six hundred dollars for the uh, price tag on those. Yep, and then the the coronets start at four forty nine. Yeah. So I mean, I think then, I like the Crestwood so far most of the of all the reissues. Well, it's it's all in with the sound that you're after. You know, I'm a single pickup Les Paul Junior guy myself, so the the coronet is actually, you know, the, probably my favorite of the bunch. Yeah. Looks but, wise, um, I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're they they did some different things with the pick guards on each uh, on each model, but they're all pretty true to uh, what came out like around 1960, 1961. Hmm. Cool, man. Well, that's fun. New guitar. So, so I got the trifecta. You get like a new guitar every flipping month, man. Mm, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a birthday. It's Yay. it's a it's a hazard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That we're that's right. It was your birthday this week. Uh, don't, don't don't talk about that. Uh, yeah, is that what you? Did you, you turn fifty, good buddy? What's that? Didn't you turn fifty? I wish again. <laughs> yeah. How many times can I turn fifty? <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing. What color did you get? Uh, all three are red, cherry red. Uh, of course. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, let's see. What's up with Mike D? Uh, well, I wish I got a new guitar like Tony did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a, a two week long endeavor, I guess, kind of like with Tony. And uh, the biggest thing in my guitar universe for the past couple of weeks has been a much needed, urgent amp repair. Mm. Um, and essentially, I've got a couple of tube amps that I use regularly, and one of them it's an old Hot Rod Deluxe from the late nineties. I've had it forever. It's seen hundreds of hours of use. And finally, it started kind of making weird noises, we'll say. I'll be playing, and then all of a sudden, it'll start kind of making, like, sizzling noises, kind of like it's frying sausages through the speaker. Nice. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, I did a little research. It took some time. Um, I'm not entirely uh, unfamiliar to the world, I guess, of repairs and, you know, a little bit of electronic work. So I decided to dive in. I figured, you know, I'm going to give this repair a shot. Um, mm. Worst case scenario... Yeah, an amp technician makes a little extra money if I mess it up. Well, actually, worst case scenario is you electrocute yourself. <laughs> yeah, I made sure to drain the filter caps. But Good that, job. I've been there. But uh, yeah, so essentially, I actually reached out to Rob, who's been amazing. So, yeah. Thank you, Rob. Rob Chafe, Mad Cow on Publication. Chafe. Oh, oh, yeah. It was actually the episode with Rob, the first one you did, Amps 101, that really just got me in. I was like, I need to sponsor the show. Uh, so. yeah, nice. Rob will yeah. sit side saddle uh, next to Tony occasionally um, if Jared's not here or otherwise while I ride inside the coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, hmm. my, with my fan. <laughs> yeah. I have the vapors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, hurry up. 
<laughs> Anyways, I don't know where that was going. So that's cool. So tell us more about the repair. What did you end up doing? So um, essentially, the Hot Rod Deluxe amps have a couple of little building defects. Um, Rob has made that clear in a previous podcast. And one of the defects, though, is that there's these resistors that essentially kind of burn the circuit board. Oh, um, they're mounted really, really close to the board. And so essentially what happens is it, it burns the board to the point where the connections actually detach from the PCB. Mm. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, so I ended up getting a couple of these, they're like five watt cement block resistors. Anyway, I changed those, changed a couple of Zener diodes and now it's great. Awesome. Um, then I got carried away and yesterday I changed the filter caps because mm. eventually they go bad. Um, and so, yeah, it's all good. But the reason it was so urgent is probably more important. And I think you guys will appreciate it. It's that, um, certain things work really well in stereo and you need two amps. <laughs> um, yeah. And I recently got the best Christmas gift ever, uh, the Keeley Hydra, oh. which oh, so nice. And that harmonic tremolo in stereo is unbelievable. And you can really tweak it so you can have it kind of show up on each side as much as you want. Um, it's just, you can fine tune the heck out of it. So it's the reverb bonded is surreal and the trim options are spectacular. So I'm like, I need this now. I'm not going to wait three months for a repair. Everything's backlogged right now. Um, so it was, it was uh, a worthwhile pursuit, we'll say. So all is well on that end. So, so do you have two of the same amp or two different amps? Uh, no, the other one is a trainer because I'm Canadian. So we have to have at least one. Of course, which one? <laughs> it's a head. They don't make it anymore. It's called um, a custom special 100. It, it kind of looks like a Mesa. Oh. It's like a, a big, more than anyone needs, you know, 100 watt head. I, I only use it for the clean channel, to be honest. Um and you can tweak it in such a way that you can bring the queen, the clean, sorry, just to the edge of breakup yeah. without it being so loud. It's got a good master volume setup in it. So, yeah. um, and that I have going through a, an old Gens Benz 212, which is a yeah. really cool cabinet. They're ported. Yep. So it, yeah, it carries a lot of, uh, well, actually moves a lot of air, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. So no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, of, of trainers, especially 60s, 70s trainers. I mean, they are just, I mean, when I was buying them, they were just, nobody knew about them and they were just the best bargains on the planet. So for those that may not be as familiar with the trainer amps, that's T-R-A-Y-N-O-R, everybody, in case mm -hmm. you aren't familiar. Yep. Um, Tony and and Mike, what do you, what, how would you characterize the, the sound profile? Well, I mean, they are pretty much all based on either a Voxy circuit or a Fender circuit. Uh, depending on which models you get, it's like some of their smaller combos uh, use uh, EL84s, kind of like a Vox. Uh, there's, you know, a couple of, there's some four tube ones, there's a, a, a two tube one. And then they also had my favorite, personal favorite, was the Bass Master, which is like a hundred watt head uh, that is just really incredible. It uses EL34s. So I guess it's kind of they're like hybrid circuits between, you know, Marshall, Fender, and Vox, depending on which model you get. But they're they're indestructible amps. In fact, um, in the 60s, when Pete Trainer was building these in Toronto, mm -hmm. um, one of his, the little sh things that he would do is he would take an amp uh, up to the roof of the building and drop it into the parking lot and then plug it back in and it would work. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, uh, I guess it's called the DS1 test. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wasn't, uh, was it Bogner just doing that too? Didn't I hear that? 
Uh, he he might have. Uh, yeah, he's he's done some interesting things. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you build an amp strong enough and you use good circuitry and you know simple circuitry, you don't usually have too much to worry about. Hmm. Correct. Yeah. Very and they cool. in in recent years they started doing these um, custom valve. They call them like the custom valve specials or yeah. custom special yeah. and the the fifty watt custom valve amps, and those are a little closer, I guess, to like a hot rodded JCM eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, EL34 mm-hmm. base. So those are really, really, really popular. Mine's in that series. Um, so, you know, they've branched out in a lot of ways, but they still make those like EL84 Vox style combos to this day. And they're really, really cool. Yeah. Mm. And they're, and they're really here in Ohio, you know, since we're relatively close to the Canadian border, um, you can find them pretty easily. I don't know how easy they are to find a, out West or down South, but uh, in North and Northeast uh, United States, you see them a lot. Hmm. No, well, someday I'll get my hands on one, I suppose. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, well, that's mighty cool. Thank you for sharing that, Mikey. Uh, how about uh, Jared? What's going on, buddy? Oh, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> they actually had the guitar show. Yes, in Columbus, they did. And uh, I didn't think I would be able to go, but uh, because of the COVIDs going on and, and – um, at work, they're trying to do their best to not expose anyone. So I kind of got to have some extra time in Ohio. Mm. So uh, I I decided, like, you know, of course I can't sell Brandon on pickups anymore. But what I could do is offload all of the musical gear that I don't want to move to Nashville and just <laughs> sell it. And it was all, like, PV stuff and, you know, uh, just – knickknacks that nobody cares about and um there wasn't a ton of value uh that i sold as far as but i had so much that it all sold out you sold everything by noon didn't you i had everything sold within 45 minutes (laughs) everything was gone because i just i'm like they're like i'm like throw me an offer uh this much and i'm like oh yeah good sold i mean it was one of those things i mean I didn't have any golden jewels, but I just, I, I know I made some people's day and that made me feel good. And, and plenty of polished turds. Yeah. I mean, hey, when you leave the show with 1700 bucks in your pocket, you know, <clears throat> cash, yeah. you know, minus 200 for the two tables. And yeah, no, good um, for you. The table was next to like Andy Harrison, Mark Chatfield, and we all had a good time. And, uh, it was a good time. It was uh, it was great to see people I haven't seen in a while. Uh, and uh, but rumor has it that you purchased something at the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I did. I purchased an original Maestro uh, Octave Fuzz. Hmm. Uh, I had to get it. Um, I brought it home and I plugged it in, and I think it needs a new battery because you can barely hear the octave. Hmm. I don't know if they're supposed to be like that, that or they're just not good. <laughs> but uh, I got to take it apart. You you literally have to take it apart, like all the screws off and everything, like an old seventies pedal mm-hmm. to change the battery out. So and there's I, and there's no power port on it either, right? No power port, yeah, yeah. And uh, because of the value of those, I really don't want to be the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not. I'm not a gigger guy, so I'm not. I'm not going to mod it. Um, I'll, I'll put a fresh battery and see what it does and let you guys know next, next podcast, what happens there. Cool. But, 
Yeah. Yeah, I got me a pedal and um you know, I, I had to get rid of a bunch of stuff because, I mean, the truth is we're going to probably have to get a smaller house down here than what we have now mm. um, just because of the market difference. Mm-hmm. So nice. have less room for less stuff. Well, there you go. Make sure there's but, room for Todd and I to stay. Oh, there's always room for you two clones. <laughs> like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll um, bring the RV and park it in the drive. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was hoping to go to the show. I was planning on yeah, the show. Yeah, what's up with you, man? What's up with you? What about your thing? Well, I got hammered with the actual, uh, the the full Monty uh, COVID. Mm. And uh, you can probably hear it a little bit in my voice. I have a chest full of cement, it feels like. And mm. that was uh, five or six days of extreme unpleasantness. That was a not a fun thing to go through. Now... I I didn't have it. I, I've already, you know, I was vaccinated. I had it twice, two two vaccinations and everything. So getting hit with that at like, you know, I guess 75% strength of what it normally would be. Phew, I can't imagine that like full on. Um, uh, no, it saved no your good. life. Yeah, it might have. Uh, the sad thing is I, I saw several posts uh, coming out of that of people that, that I know they're my friends who had posted memorials to people our age. Uh, yeah. I was just, I was shocked. I was scared actually, but anyhow, uh, so that precluded me from doing just about anything with guitars. Uh, yeah. So, well, that's okay. That's the best thing to do is rest up, get your strength back. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's all you can do. Well, and, and everything's was, waiting for you to come back to, buddy. It's true, um, and including something that was sitting on my on my bench. Uh, so I made a little, I did a little pedal trade with uh, our friend Alec from Mask Audio, oh. and um, uh, he's uh, I traded him something. And he sent me the the Black Cap Old Blood Noise Endeavors uh, Asynchronous Dual Tremolo. Hmm. So I traded him a, a, a crazy tremolo for a, a, tra- a crazy tremolo. <laughs> 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 I think he may, might have missed the point in that. But um, uh, it's really cool. It's really cool. I, I got, I, I've only dipped my little pinky toe into the black murky waters of this thing. But uh, there's some really interesting things that you can do with that, obviously, because that's all Old Blood Noise Endeavors does is make interesting sound pedals oh no doubt uh yeah so i'll let you check this out but um yeah it's it's pretty neat and uh it's just you know it's fun to go like oh i don't know what's in this thing it's a surprise Mm. so i encourage you you guys should everybody should do that out there get yourself a pedal trading pal and uh you know it's kind of like one of those uh one of those japanese toys where you're like i bought it but i have no idea what's in it (laughs) <laughs> those are very popular those are really neato great idea hey mike <laughs> hey tony how's it going up there in canada uh living the dream it's a balmy minus something Ooh, brother nice. sounds good hey you know being from canada there's a company that we all of us use their products it's called tour gear designs perhaps you've heard of them yeah, they've uh, shown up at my door a couple times. 
Really? Nice. The whole company or just some cables? Uh, cables. And actually, Marco himself once delivered. Such a nice no, guy. A former guest no of the podcast. Kidding. No wow. kidding. That yeah. is, that's, that's very cool. Well, it's in Canada, right? Up. He's down the street. So, yes. Uh, well, I, 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 my next order, I expect him to deliver right here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Mike D said you would deliver this. And in Nashville. <laughs> and might. in Nashville. So, uh, do you have a bunch of these different cables? I have, I made three orders. So, I have uh, enough for now. Um, Couple dozen, set different sizes and uh, S shape, C shape, you name it. Do you have the W shape? Wait, what is it with the W I, shape? Stop it. <laughs> is that actually a thing? Am I, no, am it I, isn't. I you just bend it in the middle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not yet. Nah, you know, well, I'm sure that in addition to the various sizes and shapes and all this stuff, you probably like that they're very flat, they're very reliable, and they're very affordable. You got it. All of those stuff. They and you know what? Now, I don't know if you know this or not, because you probably don't listen to this podcast. But if you did, you'd find out that you can save even <laughs> more money by entering a special code. Todd? The Guitar Knobs. The Guitar Knobs. All one At word. the end of your order, you will save an additional 10%. Wow. I should have done that. You yes. get a lot of cables, though, so that 10% goes a long way. It, it adds up really quick. Make sure you get on over to TourGearDesigns.com and get yourself uh, 10% off with the Guitar Knobs discount code and get some really excellent pedals or um, pedal patch cable patch potatoes. Poughkeepsie! Get some Poughkeepsies. Hang on. Get yourself over to tourgeardesigns.com and use the guitar knobs for the discount code and get yourself 10% off some fantastic patch cables. We want to give a huge thank you to Tour Gear Designs for continuing to support our show and for sponsoring our floor on the floor. Jared? Let me get a little bit of this! That's pretty good. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, Mike DeLuccio, give us your four on the floor. All right, so I have thought for quite a while about this, and um, the best way to do it, I think, is to have a theme. So the theme here is pedals that have been practical, they've served me well over time, and they inspire creativity, basically. Um, so the first one, uh, I don't think it's shown up before on four on the floor, but it is the Fox Rocks Octron. Hmm. And this is an analog octaver that uh, it's, it looks cool. It looks like the name suggests Octron, like it looks like it could be in Transformers. But it's essentially a uh, analog octaver with a lower and an upper. And the lower is similar to like the old DoD Octoplus. So it's, it's you know, not, not like a pog. It's not tracking the same way a pog would. It's more like a, We'll say like an octave, an octaver that you have a conversation with, right? You use your neck pickup, you play a certain way, it responds. It's really, really, really sensitive. Um, so the lower octave, you know, it does its thing. But really the thing about this that really sets it apart from any other pedal um, is the fact that the upper octave operates kind of like a fuzz circuit. Um, so if you've used, an, you know, like a, a super fuzz or anything like that, there's that kind of upper octave you get when you're playing further up on the fretboard. 
And with this pedal here, if I crank the upper octave, it adds a little bit of grit to the circuit. And if I plug it into, let's say, any drive pedal, an overdrive, distortion, whatever, um, it'll basically make it a fuzz. So it also um, allows me to not have a fuzz on my floor and a floor because this kind of, um, you know, kills two birds with one stone. And it's really cool. It looks awesome. There's several versions of it. Um, I like the first version the most because there's some internal trim pots where you can really fine tune things. Like if you want the octave down to be more mid focus, so you hear it more than feel it. Um, really, really, you, can, you know, you can basically fine tune it to match your amp. Um, you can add more gain to the upper octave. So it's very different than, yeah, Pog or um, Pitchfork or anything along those lines. It's it's really, really, it's funky. It's got character and uh, it looks cool. So that's the first one. Awesome. And uh, also a small builder, I must say, from, I believe, from New Jersey. And the builder, actually, Dave, he's really cool. You can email him and get right back to you. Um, so maybe a future guest. So that's number one. Okay, cool. And we will go in, let's do signal chain order here. So number two, this one actually was mentioned in the show once. I think you, uh, you read like one of our conversations during the interview with, um, I think it was effects layouts. And um, I mentioned the Emma Riza Fratzitz RF2. Um, it's like nothing else. So it's a gain pedal or drive pedal, but it's not, it's not a distortion. It's like an overdrive with more. Um, I don't want to use the term amp in a box, but it, it's like that. So it's the name implies it's like a rat, but it's not. Um, I can't quite explain it. It's It's got a ton of body. It is, I can only compare it to like a, maybe a JHS Angry Charlie, like the same range of gain, but just way, way, way more body. It just takes your amp to a whole other place. Um, there's two versions of it. Try them both. Um, both do the same thing, but it's really, really cool. It's a small company out of Denmark. Um, same company that makes the discombobulator envelope filter. I think they're a little more well-known for that. Hmm. So that is number two. That's a new one. Or it's not a, you, it isn't a new one. We, it was mentioned before, but that's not one that we hear often, that's for sure. Oh, it's so good. And Okay, the third one, though, is one that has come up on the show. I think it was Hello Sailor. Hello, Sailor. Yeah, it Hello. was, was it? Yeah, it was. Hello, Sailor, who mentioned this one. Okay, so my third pedal, yeah, pedal, sorry, is, I'll say that again. My third pedal is um, an 80s Ibanez Prime Dual Chorus. Hmm. It's a PC-10, and it's, it's a weird one. I mean, it's 80s Ibanez 10 series, right? Um one side is a, just a chorus with two knobs, just speed and width. And then the other side's a flanger. And um, I think the last person who mentioned it talked about how great the flanger is. I think mine's got a problem. My flanger sounds weird. It whistles and does all kinds of bizarre stuff. Um, <laughs> but the chorus side of it is spectacular. It's um, on its own, it's fine. But in stereo, like it has a stereo jack in there, it is just 3D. Wow. It, it does the doubler thing really, really, really well. So that stereo rig that I was talking about, this is an essential part of it. It just makes things jump out. And also, too, if you need just a little bit of a boost for solo, like a couple decibels, um, that really does it quite well. So it's, yeah, it's just, a, I guess, a mid to late 80s. It looks like the 80s in a box. So <laughs> it's one of those. Um, so, yeah, really, really cool pedal. And the last one, I think this one has shown up before, too. 
is the uh, Walrus Audio D1 delay. And this one's really cool. Like it's, it does a lot, but it's not a, you know, it's not a huge pedal. So it's pedal board friendly. The sound quality on it is just something else. And it also does a really good dual stereo function too. So we can have it kind of bounce between the speakers in a, in a really different kind of way. But the amount of control that you have over the repeats, you can age them certain ways. You can really shape the tone. Um, I love it. And when I plug into this combination of pedals, it's just, I don't want to put the guitar down. It's one of those uh, combinations. So um, yeah, that's the four on the floor. Right on. Very nice. Very nice. Yay. All right. So I think a great segue out of that would be to learn a little bit more about your gear as we learn a little bit more about you. And I think the first thing that we should just remind everybody who who's like, wait, who are we listening to? Who is this guy? Well, it's Mikey D. It's Mikey D. And we say his name all the time at the end of the show. He's a great supporter of their community of uh, builders out there. And he's a gear enthusiast. And he's, you know, one of one of us, like everybody else. So, um, anyways, that's why we're talking because he's a man on the, he's a man on the street. That's that's what <laughs> Mike D is. Um, we're gonna find out first a little bit about his gear, and then get a little bit about a background, like what 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 does he what does he do, and how does this all connected? Uh, first of all, coming out of your four on the floor, what is the gear that you are playing with these things? Uh, Todd, I play your absolute favorite guitar, uh, the Fender Stratocaster. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say a flame top PRS, but anyways, no, no um, <laughs> uh, I've got a few different guitars, but the, I guess the reason I use a, a Strat more specifically, a fat Strat is, uh, I've played in cover bands for well over 20 years at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, just about 20 years actually. And a fat Strat, at least for my purpose is just so practical. Right. You can get those kind of, um, you know, Pearl Jammy, slinky sounds, you know, position two and four and get a little heavy with it. it and it also, if you know, you're going to be um, playing for three hours in a night, the weight is just OK for that. Sure. Um, so now, fat, strat, fat strat, is that uh, when you're saying fat, are you is that a correlation with the uh, like a humbucker in, in the bridge position? Correct. Yes. So okay. a humbucker in the bridge and two singles. So Excellent. that's, yeah. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's practical. It's comfortable, but, um, I, so I, one of those pickups makes sense. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bridge, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. The bridge humbucker, the, uh, the JB, but I'll have to put a Brandon wound in there, uh, soon. You don't have to, but, if you don't want to, but I mean, JB is probably something I would, uh, a style or that, that spec is what I would definitely recommend for a strat. Hmm. Yeah. It, so I it think you've well. got the right idea. And what color is it? So I actually have two. I, I had, one that I've been using since I was 13 and I cloned it. So, oh, that's cool. Um, I, yeah, it's a little, I'll try to explain it uh, as well as I can right here. Uh, so my first electric guitar was a Mexican Strat. It was like a 94 um, and I killed it. It had a maple neck. It looked like Clapton's Blackie after a few years. You know, that mm. It was just destroyed. So I actually have a US Tele neck on it. Um, it's the body sunburst. And over time, I just found that there's certain things about strats I don't like. Mm. And I'm sure at least one of you can relate. Um, <laughs> one thing being that that volume knob, just digging into my pinky. So um, yes. I, yeah, I moved it to the bottom. So I made that a master volume. Well, I guess it's always a master volume. And then I made the tone knob in the middle a master tone. And then that left more space right for the pinky. Um, and then in the bottom horn, I did some uh, chisel work, we'll say, and put in a kill switch. Mm. Um, 
in part because of playing in cover bands, mostly 90s music. Um, the kill switch comes in handy, especially for the Rage Against the Machine stuff. Sure. So, yeah, just a toggle switch connected to Ground and Live. And, um, yeah, and then basically I got worried, like, if something goes wrong, sometimes, especially with a kill switch, um, they wear out. And what if I have a gig coming in? You know, it's not it's not good to go. So I basically found another Mexican Strat on Kijiji a few years ago for nothing, and I ended up putting a Wangi neck on it, which is really cool. Totally different kind of thing. Wow. And then the, yeah, the other specs are the same. Um, and yeah, and they're both uh, sunbursts. You said. Oh, so the second one is black. So the the other one's just all black. So black pickguard, black body, and Wangi neck, which is a dark, dark. Uh, you know, dark brown wood. Yeah. And the uh, the pickups, though, in the middle and neck, I stumbled across these pickups like 15 years ago. They're the Fender Tex-Mex. And I think they were put in like the Jimmy Vaughn strats. Mm -hmm. um, and the way they were set up was the bridge pickup was wired way hotter than a normal strat bridge pickup just to kind of compensate. So I don't know. I got the crazy idea when I was like 18 or 19 to put that bridge pickup in the neck of my strat to make it really hot, which sounds so I guess outside of the norm of what people usually do, but it works. It's, it's bright. So again, especially for like the rage against the machine stuff and certain styles, it really, really jumps out. So it's a, an inverted Tex-Mex single coil setup and then a JD on the bridge hmm. um, and graph tech uh, saddles. I haven't broken a string in years. So that's essentially it. All right. So it's not a clone at all. Essentially. That's what you're saying. Uh, it's yeah well they both have well they both have the same they're pickups. both strats they're both strats yeah they're, they're clones the, the second completely one different pickups totally different yeah. necks and different yeah. color exactly no exactly original the neck. Same. I don't think, not even the screws are original nothing yeah um, so it's like when when jared and i are walking down the street and they're like you you, you guys must be twins <laughs> exactly yeah, it's stratish. Let's yeah, say that. Uh. it's in strat territory. Uh, the most important question: uh, trim cover on or trim cover off? Off, <laughs> of course. And of and course. do you where did you put it? Uh, cover you like flip it like, over and use it as an ashtray. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's no no, there's no trim cover on this. It's uh, that's what I'm saying. Just, You're yeah, like everybody else that takes it off, throws it in a drawer somewhere. And then uh, can't find it when you want to put it back on. Hmm. Well, that was colorful, Tony. Thank you for that. I, yeah, I just like adding a little bit. Of, um, yeah. So, uh, and you you talked about your your you're using a trainer amp. That's your main amp, and your other the amp that you talked about that you were fixing. You got that amp. What kind of music? We know that you talked about doing a bunch of '90s uh, like covers and stuff very admirable you're out there just you know getting it done you're playing you're enjoying yourself what do you play do you create any of your own music or what do you play when you're not having to cover things uh a pretty wide range of things um i just find that there's certain guitarists that stay kind of inspiring so when i'm at least lately at home i've been playing a strange mix of like john schofield style stuff this is just fun like he he incorporates effects, which obviously I'm a big fan of, but with kind of jazz and blues type things. So his style, and I've kind of gone down a bit of a Pantera rabbit hole, oh. which is nice. in the whole other end of the spectrum there, right? But just there's some of the techniques that that Dimebag Daryl would use that uh, it's been something that even as a teenager, I'd always be trying to figure out. And now um, I used to think I needed his exact equipment, you know, at that, at that time, at that age. But now I was just spending a whole lot of time exploring that. And um, 
depending on what I'm plugging into, you know, different things kind of uh, get inspired and come out. So a little bit of white stripes type things um, all over the place. But uh, for the longest time, it had been stuff for the cover bands. Um, but I've been basically able to step back from that. Uh, Todd, I think I mentioned this to you at some point that uh, I had to basically stop playing with the cover bands because I've got like a nerve issue in my arm. I, don't, I know it's pretty popular or not popular. Sorry. It's pretty common uh, with bass players. It's like an all nerve. Oh yeah. Nerve. The fingers. I, yeah. I experienced that for a little while. It's, it was like, it's like uh, touching your tongue to, to a, a nine volt battery. Exactly. I was freaked out. And that's actually how I found Scott's bass lessons, which by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if for some reason you are not aware of Scott's bass lessons, even if you're not a bass player, I highly recommend checking out that guy's content. It is incredible. And what a prolific teacher that guy is. Anyways, carry on. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been, the last year or so has just been a lot of uh, digging into things that I used to spend time learning and taking more time with them. So even like mm -hmm. Paul Gilbert stuff, yeah, um, his old videos, I have his like videos from the eighties and they're so ridiculous. He's got like tassels hanging down from his arms and, you know, <laughs> green screen thing going on and roads moving in the background and all that. But uh, yeah, just, just basically tying up loose ends from the last 20 years. Um, so I taught guitar for years when I was in my late teens, early twenties. And I had all these things I was teaching people that I wanted to finish learning myself. It was maybe teach someone a riff and part of a solo. And then I had like a note, okay, learn the rest of the solo. So it's been a lot of digging into mm. that. Um, and yeah, I thought sure you were going to say that you, when, when you're all by yourself, you basically, all you play is um, Tigers of Pantang covers. But, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, not what quite, the heck maybe. is Tigers of Pantang? Go look it up. You'll, you'll thank me. <laughs> Will do. Cool, man. Well, um, I, I like the fact that you are out there and you're just like, I mean, hey, if you're playing for three hours, that's freaking cool. I love that. doesn't matter what you're playing. If you're playing for three hours, doing anything, if you're doing anything that you really love for three hours, that's a good day. Exactly. Now, what do you do when you're not um, playing out and, uh, you know, making calluses on your fingers? <laughs> Uh, I repair tubes. Um, you wait, you repair tubes. I repair tubes. Yeah. Uh, Rob sends them to me and I repair specifically the 6973 tubes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, that goes against all things that Rob is. <laughs> yeah. No. Because Rob is waiting till he can get on, uh, one of the next, uh, space missions so he can do it in the vacuum he, of space. Yes. I was like, that's, uh, okay. Didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So, so what's your day job, Mike? Okay. No, I'm a high school teacher. Um, just a little bit northeast of Toronto. And I teach uh, history, social sciences, behavioral sciences, whatever they throw at me. Um, I've done a guitar course before, which is really cool. Oh. And so that's, yeah, that's my main thing. But well, uh, I'm humongous hats off and all the trophies in the world to the teachers of our universe. Um, I, uh, truly, truly unsung heroes of our um, society. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And yeah, How long have you been I mean, doing that? Uh, 10 years now. Keeps so you young, I'm, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
<laughs> being being around you know ninety teenagers a day uh, will do that. I learn I learn a lot of things. Some of some of the things I wish I didn't learn, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah I I, I bet you know when you're hanging out at, at parties with your wife and stuff, you're like, geez, I wish somebody would ask me about K-pop right now because I can go on for days about that. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny you say that. <laughs> that. That is a big part of it. It's you it's know, insane. It's crazy. In my ways. It's something else. Neato. So um, what? Where? How did you get bit by the guitar bug? Uh, well, I started playing when I was about eleven. And I think with like with a lot of beginners, you maybe you see a music video and say, okay, I want to do that. Um, so it was, it was an I'm Mother Earth video. So Canadian rock band and killer guitarist. Um, so yeah, just started taking lessons and one thing led to another. I had some friends that played guitar and I'm pretty sure I was a bit jealous at that age too. So that, that is a, you know, a great motivator. Mm -hmm. And then when I was about, I guess, 16 or so, uh, the music school where I was taking lessons asked if I wanted to start teaching younger beginners. So oh, wow. yeah, I took a course there, did that for a few years. Um, I could happily do it the rest of my life. I love it. It's one of those jobs. Yeah. It's, you get paid and realize, Oh yeah, that's right. And mm. this, is, this is a job. Um, then I went, yeah, I went to university just to you know, learn some other things, branch out. And through, I guess through guitar teaching, some of my students, one was actually a retired principal and he said, you should consider teaching high school. And I'm like, no way, man, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a trajectory. So I actually wouldn't be teaching if it wasn't for guitar. No it was problem. just a series of steps that I'll led there. Yeah. yeah. And then around that time too, you know, you make connections. And when I was about uh, 19, I started playing with uh, a nineties cover band even then. And back then the stuff was new. This was like 2003. Um, so it was a great thing then too, because the, the bar crowd was all our age. Mm. They're the people that are all going out to check out the gigs, you know, 20, 21 years old. And, uh, so that was all new. And then since then I've been playing either, you know, acoustic covers with an old friend or, uh, the cover bands that I've been playing with for the past few years. So, but I've had to take a hiatus from the cover bands because of that. Yeah. The nerve issue, it's brutal. And I hope, I hope none of the listeners ever have to have this. It's, it's just nasty. Like I can't play for three hours anymore. Mm. Maybe half an hour or so. So when I do play, it's like, make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, now are you using the, 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 one of the gloves? Uh, no. So this is, this is a little bit different. Um, I don't know if you've ever woken up and your pinkies, like just like you said, the battery thing, like it, it just tingles. Yeah. Um, but this is the nerve running all the way up through the elbow and to the shoulder. Mm. So sometimes it feels like, oh, like so it's going from your elbow to the shoulder, not your hands, uh, both sides. So it goes, it basically, oh. the nerve ends at your pinky and ring finger and goes all the way up your arm into kind of like the back of your neck and your shoulder. So the reason this got worse was I was playing in two cover bands and it was awesome. We were gigging often twice a week, but you know, three hour rehearsals, three hour gigs, um, having a strap on your neck against the nerve and then arm bent through oh. on the fact that I'm, yeah. And I'm left-handed. I write left-handed, but play right-handed. So there's a lot of strain on that, that left arm. So it got to the point where um, I basically ignored it for a while because that's well, I guess what a lot of guys do. And <laughs> I'd be sitting down, you know, watching TV at night and it feels like there's electricity going down my arm. And then it kind of got to the point where it felt like there was a screwdriver in my elbow, like funny bone all the time. Oh man. So I, I, and it felt so bad because I didn't want to leave the bands hanging. These guys are great. Both bands were all friends. Both of the nineties cover bands, um, will have people fill in for each other. Like it's, it's a really, it's a community. It's amazing. I love it. I miss it. Um, so I basically just kept pushing it. I'm like, I don't want to let these guys down. I love this. Um, so in a way that the COVID 
the initial lockdown was a blessing because it put me in a position to just do what I need to rest it. Um, you know, I've seen physiotherapists, chiropractors, other specialists, and it, it's kind of like a repeated use injury in a lot of ways. So it doesn't quite go away just the way that it is in my arm, the way it sits. Um, so I can still play and, you know, I'll get back to it eventually, but it takes a very long time, like nerve issues and even nerve, da nerve damage can take months and months and months to heal. Um, and or never. You need to, or never, right. Or immobilize it. There's certain things. Um, but it's daily habits. Like if you sleep with your arms bent, that'll make your nerve dig into your elbow a bit. It can get trapped. Oh, um, so I totally yeah, and this is a that. common That's issue terrible. for, for bass players. Yeah, it's, it's brutal, but I'm still playing. I love it. But the flip side is it's been, um, it's been great in other ways or silver lining. I've been able to, um, support the pedal community more than, uh, you know, more than previously and work on some repairs like with my amp and, you know, guitar modifications. So other parts of it, I get to stay in, in that part of the world. And then, um, or the gear part of the guitar world. And then I also just by luck, uh, an old friend of mine who's written a, an instructional guitar book and, a, and a, another book, um, he reached out about a year ago and he's basically doing an instructional program for adults, for people who want to learn to play like their, their favorite musicians. That's great. Um, and this guy is great. He actually toured with Kiss. He was in the, the opening act for them a few years ago. Oh, sweet. And so he had a lot of great experience. He made a lot of good connections. And um, he wanted to build a program. It's like a subscription thing where we essentially um, custom tailor learning resources for people who want to sound like their favorite guitarists and play like them and learn their techniques. It's, it's an alternative to just you know going through YouTube and hoping you find the right video. Right. So I've been doing that. I've been making profiles. So you know we've done everything from David Gilmore to Slash to Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, and then I'll do videos on the equipment using Amplitude. Um, and so it's been really cool. Like this has been an opportunity to try some new things and um, it's been, it's been good. Just, uh, you know, a change of pace, but so it's staying always one foot in the guitar world, basically. That's killer, man. I love it. Yeah. What were some of the earlier, uh, maybe aha moments as you've been going through this, you know, journey? I don't mean earlier, maybe you've even had a couple lately. Like what are, I, I think we all have those things where you either have a breakthrough of your own talent or you figure out something you're like, that's how that, that happens or that's how they do it. That's how they got that sound. What was there, has there any been, been anything like that that you can recall? Yeah, I think the biggest, um, I'd say game changer for playing for me was teaching guitar. Um, so even when I, I went off to school and I left the music school that I was working at, I still kept in touch, um, you know, with friends in the guitar community and, and taught a little bit uh, in the town where I was going to school and kept in that world. But teaching guitar forces you to learn it more um, because you're accountable, right? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a private business. People come in, they want to learn that solo that's in open E. And, uh, you know, and this was, this was at a time where YouTube hadn't really taken off yet. So it was literally listening to CDs and trying to rewind a CD, which was always a lot of fun. Um, and so that, that helped a ton. That made the cover band thing quite easy because, in a cover band, you might be asked to learn, you know, okay, we need to do uh, five new songs this week. And it, it came naturally, that whole thing came naturally. So I'd say teaching was the biggest um, thing. And, and I'd say for all guitarists, even if you're, you know, you're not, you're not that far into it. If you have a younger relative or someone who wants to learn, it will take you really far to teach because you then have to explain things that you're not explaining to yourself. Mm. Um, and it's, not to be too much of a teacher nerd, but it's the same reason why I like to take student teachers because now I'm in a position where I have to explain what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, so to me, that's a big one. Got it. 
And yeah, and now having YouTube, that's a whew, that's a whole other thing, way easier. So very MP3s cool, man. And all that. So yeah. In your gear quest, are there are there any items that you're like, oh man, if I could just wave a magic wand, I would love these couple of pieces of uh, equipment. Oh, I think about that all the time. Um, well, I got to say your show hasn't helped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening for about three years and change now. And uh, yeah, it's like, I think the first first show I listened to, I think it was the Robert Keeley interview. Oh, wow. That was, and, that was such yeah, a Yeah, and he mentioned, he was that was great. great. And he, and he mentioned Beatronics. Yeah. And uh, he was so excited talking about Beatronics. Yeah. I'm like, I got to get one of these now. So I like pre-ordered a Swarm which is the most bizarre pedal ever, but the fuzz alone on it is, is spectacular. But um, since then, many things. Um, if I could wave a magic wand and have anything, probably one of the Soldano SLO series amps, even the, the they, I know they make a 30 watt SLO, which is more manageable, I guess, volume wise. That would be really cool. And um, there are a few companies making really good, I will say S style guitars like uh <laughs> yeah friedman and mcmull that stuff absolutely and it's not stuff's not cheap like i'm playing with mexican bodied strats with uh, assorted parts so yeah one of those would be amazing and uh another one you guys inspired silk tone amp it's good oh, yeah. sounding amp, man that is a really great i thoroughly enjoyed it and it's actually done a couple new modifications on it um highly recommend checking those out Oh yeah, I was I was uh, ambitiously browsing the other day, and yeah, I think one of the models is, is sold out right now, which means uh, yeah, they're doing well. And just a, such a different kind of amp, mm -hmm. right? The KT sixty sixes and the way that their voice is just yeah. So that there's a lot of things on the list, um, and uh, so yeah, thank you guys for that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as you are part of this great guitar community, um, are 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 there any standout elements of it that you um, especially love or that you'd like to give shout outs to? Well, first and foremost, you guys. That um, I was not fishing. I know. I know you were. <laughs> well, you know, but there's something that became clear through your podcast and I started to see it more everywhere, which is the camaraderie in the guitar community. So um, when I first started getting into podcasts, originally it was like, just nerdy academic stuff like behavioral economics and all that. And then I found a couple guitar podcasts and I listened to several, um, you guys the most, but the fact that like you've interviewed other podcasters mm -hmm. and there's this incredibly supportive network. It's to me, that's huge. Um, even more recently, I saw that pedal documentary, uh, the pedal movie mm -hmm. that was on, uh, I think reverb maybe sponsored it. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of talk in the end. I know it was like uh, Josh from JHS and uh, Brian Wampler just talking about, how incredibly supportive that industry is of yeah other builders so it's not it doesn't seem like a like a selfish industry like you know there's a couple you know dramatic moments that that pop up every here and there but there's just something really cool about it it makes me want to buy more pedals so <laughs> but um and also to the you know i can only you know i'm not i'm not rich but uh buying and selling that whole piece of it's really cool too like some of the people you meet I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but sometimes I'll list something on Kijiji. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then so now you keep referencing. So Kijiji is a Canadian version of oh, uh, Craigslist. I imagine you don't have that. Yeah, it's like Craigslist. Um, 
it's yeah, same type of thing. Um, I think here at least Craigslist has a more of a kind of sketchy reputation, but mm. Kijiji's yeah, it's kind of like that, and even say Facebook Marketplace, those types of things. But the amount of really cool interactions I've had flipping a piece of gear, and I've kept in touch with some of the people I've bought from stuff from or that have bought stuff from me. Like it's just it's very um, a lot of characters, really oh, fun yeah. people. Who yeah, can, yeah, and <laughs> people who can appreciate things that. Not everyone else can. And again, this is one of the things I, I love about the show so much is it's never boring. And oh, there, there was that whole, th- you know what I mean? Like it's, and I know you mentioned this, um, I think it was in the, the, I think it was the road microphone interview, Todd, that you did where you explained kind of why you're doing this and you're doing it. It's, it's, there's something there. So I feel sometimes like I'm part of that conversation in a lot of ways. I look forward to it every week. It's just that kind of keeps the fire burning um sometimes it can be an expensive fire (laughs) (laughs) uh, but it's it's a very very good thing um and so yeah it's great to always learn about these new builders and support them and that kind of keeps the interest there so yeah yeah and mike we really do appreciate you uh supporting us i mean that you know as i say every week you know we really couldn't continue to do this without support from you know, people like you and, and, and the rest of our, our gang over at Patreon. And, and even more, and moral support too, honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, the notes that we get, the emails, you know, it's, it's really fun. Um, I shared something with, uh, with these guys that, you know, I think I was talking about shielding and a guy, local guy that I've done some work with, he was just saying, Oh, you saved my butt again, you know, because he removed shielding from a guitar that was too dark. Mm. And, uh, and I, I wrote to Todd and I said, see, I know stuff. <laughs> Tony, you know that you, you got me to open up one of my strats after that. That was a week or two ago. Yeah. 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 It was one of mine was over shielded. I, I, you know, it's, it's a common mistake and everybody thinks that, you know, by building a Faraday cage, you know, it makes everything super quiet. It just doesn't, <laughs> it just kills top end. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, capacitance, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. I, I think that that also happens on uh, Telecasters too. A lot of people will, will just, you know, cover the, the cavity. Uh, and if you got a swimming pool route on any of those things, you know, the same thing can happen too yeah but it is always it's a it's a real thrill if uh i get some direct things uh, todd always forwards on other comments and things so it's fun and it, it lets us know that you know people are listening and appreciate what we're doing i personally love when i start to see like in the comments uh i mean it's great to hear from other people but i i also really love when people who i know are listeners and who are active listeners um, in the community begin to chat amongst themselves. And, you know, uh, I, I love that because would that, I don't know if that would be happening. No, you guys build a community and uh, the more, the more you get into it, the more, the more you get into it after that. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Even there was a funny one, uh, a situation about three or four weeks ago. I wasn't like the dollar store. And I was wearing my guitar knob shirt and was just kind of peeking out of my jacket. And uh, the guy behind the cash was like, oh, I listen all the time. Did you hear this week's episode? And this is a dollar store conversation. There's a big line <laughs> behind us. And this is kind of what breaks out. And now uh, I've made you know, a lo- another local friend. That's awesome. Um, 
So and an enemy of all the people behind you. <laughs> you guys build a great community, and it. And uh, after you know a year or so of listening, I I was like, yeah, I'm morally obligated to sponsor. <laughs> I get too much out of this, and uh, yeah, that and Rob's Instagram. Yes, yes for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's a blast. <laughs> amazing. Oh yeah, outstanding. Well, it's been a really tr- real treat. Um, uh, getting to know you and hearing about you uh, from, you know, just like, hey, here's a guy and here's his stuff and here's what he's into. And then he's part of our community. It's great. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your perspective and, and uh, what you're into and your enthusiasm. My pleasure, guys. This is a blast. Awesome. Jared? Ladies and gentlemen, it's come to the time of this awesome show. With Mike DeLuccio, and we play a little game of uh, Would You Rather. This week's Would You Rather is from uh, our good buddy Rick Calhoun from Honey Picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also an executive producer, and he sent this uh, to me a while back, and he I really like this. It's a little long, but I really like the this Would You Rather. So pay attention. So you're walking down the street with your significant other and your best pal when you notice a miniature guitar laying on the ground as you pick it up. <laughs> you notice it has a little it has a little tiny guitar strings. Well, you know, just for fun, you pick it up just to hear what it sounds like and you strum it. And lo and behold, out comes a guitar genie. The guitar genies are hiding in all kinds of places and things. This was an obvious one because he's a guitar genie hiding a little tiny guitar. Right. Yeah, very obvious. He thanks you for releasing him from the miniature guitar (laughs) and wants to grant you a gift. The guitar genie wants to take you on a shopping spree at the local guitar store. Mm. But there's a catch. Of course, because mm, always would a catch. Always would you rather? Catch. There has to be a catch. The genie has decided that you will not get to shop for yourself. Instead, your significant other or <laughs> best friend will be shopping for you. He will grant your significant other other seventy five hundred dollars to buy anything in the store, hmm. but your best friend only has five grand to spend. That's $2,500 uh, difference there. That, that's a lot of money. They are buying for you, and you will have to decide who gets to shop at the guitar store. So who will it be? Will you choose your significant other who possibly doesn't know as much as about gear but has more money to spend? Or do you choose your best friend who has less money oh. but knows all of your favorite pieces of gear? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a really good one. one. It is. The math was starting to concern me. Yeah, me too. Trust me. Hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so so uh, seventy five hundred dollars from your significant other who has no idea what she's yeah, she, no, he or she nothing. is doing, or them yeah, or they or whatever. You can buy all <clears throat> guitar stands. That's all you're going to get. Seventy five hundred dollars <laughs> worth of guitar stands, <laughs> or music stands, and who knows, right? And Violin rosin for your bow. <laughs> and okay. a piano. Or your your pal who knows you inside and out uh, is got $5,000. Yep. No. Yes. 
I thought it was twenty five hundred. No. No. There's a twenty five hundred dollar difference. Oh, that's where the twenty five came from. Yeah, Sorry. Your pal's, your pal's got five grand and the significant That's a lot has of money. Yeah. Seventy five hundred. I mean that is yeah. a that is a lot of money. Uh I guess just from my perspective, I'm like if I had five thousand dollars, I don't think I'd don't know if I've ever had five thousand dollars to spend on anything. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um let's see here. Yeah, it's it's a good problem. It really is a good problem. So the the would you rather is are you going with your significant other or are you going with your pal? Mm. And no loopholes. Okay. Tony, no loophole. go ahead. Well, first I would wish for a second wish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I thought you know when I was originally thinking it was only 2500 that my buddy had. I was going to say, hmm, that's that is a lot, very very significant. But I think that the smart choice, because someone who knows what you want, what you like, and can pick out something that's very special for you, is your best friend. So that's what I'm going with. Okay, courtship of Eddie's father. Sounds that's good. Right? Com. I think I I don't know. I might actually give up my money to watch your wife try to shop for guitar stuff. My wife? Yeah. She'd take the money and just <laughs> throw <laughs> it in the bank or something. Right, that Jared? Be, <laughs> I know mine too. I found I found you this nice pick. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're gonna invest the rest of it. Exactly. The guy said this one was really special. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jared about yourself. Uh, yeah, this, this is a really super, super difficult one. Um, a long time ago when my wife loved me a lot, when we first met, we were in the euphoric <laughs> stage. Wait, Todd, can you cut that out? <laughs> yeah. No, don't cut that out. You don't listen to this anyway. Um, uh, actually, uh, she, she bought me a Gibson custom SG and that later got stolen. Um, she, she knows, she knows gear. Um, so yeah, I, I do trust her. So in my case, in my real life situation, if that really happened, which is not going to happen, my, I would definitely let my wife, let my wife in there and purchase the stuff. She knows what's good and what's not. Yeah. Impressive. You know, and and I'm, I'm banking on her buying a really nice guitar for, you know, 7,500 bucks. Cause that's probably what I would want. Hmm. Not not the trombone. Interesting. Oh, yeah, or the trumpet or flute. <laughs> uh, Mike, how about yourself? Okay, so you said no loophole, so I'm going to take the question literally here. Um, my better half knows her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like that that Hydra, I didn't buy it. Uh, best nice. Christmas wow. gift ever. So I think... Uh, when I'm gear nerding out, I think she can tell and maybe, you know, keeps an eye on what I'm <laughs> looking up. So, right. Yeah. So I've gotten a, like a temple audio board and a couple other things. Jeez. So I, I would trust the purchasing, uh, in her hands. And I mean, either way, 5,000 or 7,500, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> but, um, I think she'd do an awesome job with it. So no, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the better half. Totally. Well, what about you, old chum? I I gotta I gotta go with my pal. Wh- whichever pal I might be going with, I'm gonna say 
Uh, and, and my wife would totally understand. She'd be like, yeah. Your wife loves Pink Floyd. That's like her favorite band of all time. But that's it. That's so she would walk in there and be like, I want the or Tom Petty. That was, that's the, to- that's the two. right. So she, she'd buy you, she a, she'd buy you a, a Gilmore strat. <laughs> yeah. She would just go in there and say, I love Gilmore. What do you got? Yeah. For yeah. My, <laughs> I, I would go with my pal. Whichever whichever pal I might be rolling with is gonna know what I'm into more so than uh, my wife. So all right, I agree with. I'll you. look for the black guitar with the gold sparkle pick guard. <laughs> um, all right, well that was really fun. Thanks, Rick, uh, for sending that in. Rick's gonna be on the show pretty soon, by the way. Um, so we'll be talking to him about his cool honey picks. Uh, so that was a really fun one. Uh, Tony, we got a few people that we need to thank. Oh, yes, we do, Todd, because at this point of the show, we have a group of people that we love to thank for their kind support. These are our executive producers. Now, somebody out there is probably wondering, what's this executive producer? Maybe they're also wondering how they can become one. Quite simple, folks. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple of different levels in which you can participate. Become a patron, a sponsor of this very podcast. Each level comes with a great bevy of thank you gifts. But as an executive producer, you get all the good stuff. And there's one thing more. Mike, what is that? You get your name called out near the end of the episode. Right. Um, In other words, you get your name right on the thing. Yep. <laughs> you got it. The name right on the thing. I think that's the formal. Yes, that yeah, is yeah. the official, the <laughs> official uh, call out. But good, so, word. good job, Mike. Yeah. Didn't mean to put <laughs> you on the spot there. No worries. Um, so, yeah. So that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to thank these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, Drew Lopez, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mazrahi, Gary Cooper, Jason Rausch, Mike D. Yep. I know him. <laughs> Me too. Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero. Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Lawrence Senchuk. Boy, we added a middle name to him. How about that? Mm. Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, and Tom Brezen. Right on. Thank you Yay. so wait, much. Wait, wait a second there, Todd, because there's another group of executive producers. A higher level. A higher level, if you will. These are our grand poobas. They're right now enjoying complimentary beverages in their individual hot tubs filled with a special orangish, I guess you'd say, liquid. I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they they each get a uh, a, 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 a pinto, a Ford pinto that's been wrapped <laughs> in black and black and uh, orange. Wow, we splurged for the pintos this time. <laughs> yeah, holy moly! Well, these you know executive producers are just a just a notch above our regulars, but we love them. We love them all. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. 
Tommy Manescu, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, yeah. Hex Matos, Michio Marikishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Caden, Sam Jett, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik of 12th Hour Devices, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. Yes. And yes, we have a new Grand Pooba. Love it. Rat King, also known as Caleb Meissen Joyce. Right on. Thank you so much, one and all. And thank you, Rat King, for joining our illustrious group of Grand Poobahs. Uh, let's see. Uh, we want to have a humongous thank you to Mike DeLuccio for joining us tonight. Thank you so Absolutely. much for being on the show, man. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, buddy. And I also want to say a personal thank to thank you to uh, Mike's wife um, uh, who reached out to us. So th th that was a really special thing. So thank you. And uh, let's see. Uh, can people? Do you want to point anybody anywhere to see what you're doing or to talk to you about guitar stuff? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, the cover bands are doing amazing things. And although I'm not playing with them, I gotta give them a shout out. They are awesome. Um, so one of the bands is called Sonic, and I believe uh, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, um, at Sonic 90s. And so uh, I've got a, a substitute who's spectacular. And so I gave him the wheel for a bit, but uh, I'll be back eventually. And the other band, Big Shiny 90s. Hmm. Um, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, named after uh, the, there was that much music Canadian compilation album in the in the nineties called Big Shiny Tunes. Yeah. So so Sonic is called Sonic because think Sonic the Hedgehog nineties sound it works. Um and Big Shiny Nineties, uh you can find it at bigshiny90s.com. There's recordings there and uh two awesome nineties cover bands. And aside from that, the uh the thing that I'm working on now with mm. uh content creation is uh playlikethemasters.com. And this is uh, it's a subscription service for yeah people who want a much better experience to yeah you know have resources that are going to help them play like their favorite guitars. Awesome, nice, excellent. Uh, Tony, about yourself. Head on over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the stuff that I have available for purchase. Uh, you can order many things online, but by and large, what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you want, what you need, and uh, I'll make something very special for you. Awesome. Jared? Hey, if you have a question, email me at Big. Brandon 26 at msn.com. <laughs> what? That's my old email I got when I was 20. Get oh, I thought get old. an Instagram. Oh, no. I thought that was your uh, porn name. <laughs> no. No, I was like in my early 20s when I got that. I'm like, I'm going to just add some age to myself. So I, you know. But yeah, I passed twenty six, and now I'm like forty four. So yeah. I've had that email a long time. Is that so the, everybody? Was that your AOL account? You can go through the guitar knobs thing too if you want, but 
I think it would be easier on Todd if you just sent me an email if you had any Gibson or not Gibson, but or just Instagram general just pickup questions. It's so easy. Take you to 30 seconds. Anyways, uh, all right. You can uh, shoot me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com or DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs. We would love to hear from you. Share your would you rather with us. We would love to read it on air. And um, we're just really happy that we have such great uh, supporters, such great community members, such great builders and uh, players out there. So uh, hats off to one and all who are Absolutely, helping to keep yes. the entire guitar universe moving. Uh, Mike, thank you. People out there, thank you. Have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe! Yeah! Thank you, guys. I can hear you. Hello, hello. <clears throat> but I'm 6'6". Six, six. I'm huge. You can't get in my way. You're 6'7". Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you bozo. <laughs> no. Hey, yo. I want to I want to slap your back so bad and help you. Yeah. Slap my back and call me Fanny. Any better? Well, no, you uh, still sound like yourself, so. Ah, ah, ah. Todd, are Tony. you there? Todd, are you there? Yeah, me. Just hold I'll a just, pillow just... on your face for a really long time. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. Extol the virtues of patronage. Okay, well, you're going to have to explain that to Jared. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't paying attention. I was reading something. But a lot of my family, like my moms and uncles, they retired from education. Most of them were teachers. Mm -hmm. And they told Wait, their kids. How else do you retire from education? That's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> so anyway, they told their kids, uh, listen. Say, hey, Rob, you should talk about it. I don't think you want me to talk about that. Oh, yeah, you're right. You just be quiet over there. That's the way it works here. <laughs> like I can't. You, you're going to turn a four-hour job into an eight-hour job real quick. I know. I'm the worst. Yeah. The tiger's a pantang. What is that? So they're going to walk into class in a few weeks and go, Adelucio! Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was just too funny. I couldn't, my, my body couldn't take it. Oh, jeez. Oh, thanks, Jared. I needed that. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarknobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.